We know that you enjoy the Brucklery podcast. Continue to support it by referring it to your friends, commending it to everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Guess what, Ari? It what turns out rock? that the issue of global warming is again in the news. It's, what? Yeah, what issue? It's true. It's true. Where? You know, it's uh, who? Why? How? <laughs> All right. So, so here's the deal. You know, it's like it's like when Democrats try to uh, find new ballots, right? Every time, every two years, they manage to find new ballots somehow. Oh my! Well, look at this. Look at here. It's it, it's in the trunk of this car. Oh, look at here. It's in this tree. <laughs> oh, look at here. It's behind this toilet. I didn't realize. <laughs> You never know, you know, places you'll go trying to find ballot boxes, right? Anyway, so the same thing, it crops up every once in a while, uh, this global warming argument. It's, uh, you know, it's a little bit like herpes. It has a rash every, every month or so. Yeah, it's usually I, no big deal, but sometimes right. it comes back and it hurts for yeah, a while. that's right. You have to but deal take, with it. Yeah, you take your Valtrex, you're okay. Right, so... There's an outbreak, as it were, right. of the, the new global warming argument. How so? The UN has uh, commissioned some sort of report or gotten, released some sort of report basically saying, get this, we got to do something about it now, 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 <laughs> do it right now. And if, and if we don't do it, well then, the earth is going to fall off the, end, the edge of the earth, as it were. I think right? in the movie Ghostbusters, they said, or it will be bad. <laughs> oh, okay. That'll it. be bad. Right. Got it. Okay. Dogs and cats sleeping together, right. all that stuff. Okay. It'll be bad. Right. So it's it's going to be super duper bad this time. Right. Ooh. Okay. You know, having created many red lines, you know, as it were to to not cross, uh, and we've crossed them many times and nothing of the sort has ever happened that they had claimed. This time, here comes another red line. Another outbreak, just like herpes. Anyway, no no, Ari, we are not going to title this podcast Global warming is just like herpes. We're not going to do that. No, someone went on Fox and said Hillary Clinton is just like herpes. So the herpes <laughs> analogy was already taken. It's been tried. And okay. I'm not saying Trying I true. endorse the message. No. But, you know. nor, nor are we, you know, maligning anybody who may have herpes. I'm sorry to hear about that if that's the case. I'm simply trying to say... That it's it's a possibility, okay? <laughs> so it happens. It happens, no right? We understand. Yeah, most innocent of people. But but if you do have herpes, then then you probably know, you know, how inconvenient and, and unfortunate it is to have. Yeah, and then you have to disclose it. You, just, you have to disclose it to yourself. your your yeah. if you have a new it's partner. It's like if you it's like if you cooked meth in your basement and now you're selling your house, you have to disclose it. Right? You know, I ran a meth lab in there. It's right. cool. <laughs> It well, likewise, going with that, now that I'm running with this analogy, here goes Barack running with the analogy. You can just see me like holding it on my right, under my right arm. <laughs> Here's an analogy. Anyway, I'm going to run with this. And the same way that we have to deal with this, we have to now disclose. The United Nations should disclose. Listen, here comes another, uh, you know, another crazy admonition about the perils of global warming. But we do feel we should warn you that this is going to cause you all sorts of heaving and, and sighing and and, uh, and a lot of pain because we want you to uh, get all Twitter about this stuff. And it's all a go. Here we go again, right? It's a, the cycle never ends with these people. And it doesn't matter how many times they are proven wrong time and time again. And we, get, we go through the cycle, right? And we have to clean up the mess. And, uh, and then we've got to prepare for the next attack. And it, you know what? All right, in a way, it's like the hurricane season, right? Every, every uh, you know, what, two weeks or so during hurricane season, there's a threat of a, of a massive hurricane. It's, it might happen uh, once every three weeks or so. And then we have to prepare for the next one. That's that's the way it but is with global warming. Actually, happen sometimes. <laughs> that's true. That's the difference. I know, I know. But 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 that's the point is that these they don't realize it even though they claim that hurricanes you know are the result of global warming. But that's neither here nor there. I'm I'm simply using hurricanes as a metaphor about how they don't even realize that when they bring up the global. Uh, global warming argument over and over again, that in fact what they're doing is just causing a, you know, a cluster F. And we all have to deal with it all of a sudden. It's craziness. I, I, I hate it all. It's just, it's, it's so, it's such a time suck. 
It's so destructive to the economy. It's destructive to the political discussion. And frankly, it's destructive to the advancement of civilization itself. I understand that they think that they're helping. I mean, look, the innocent, useful idiots out there who actually buy this crap think that they're doing some great work on behalf of the planet. And that's their cause. I get it. But most people by now, anybody who's reasonably intelligent should be able to look at this and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, and, and really think twice about it. Here's something I've noticed, and it came to me as an epiphany, Ari. You know, you and I can show conclusively, very easily, as a matter of economic science, that minimum wage is destructive to an economy, correct? Yep. No problem there, right? You and I can show, as a matter of human nature, that socialism never works, right? Yep. To a certainty, okay? And to the point where... To the point where the science is settled. The science is settled, right? right? Okay, so you, you know where I'm going with this, right? So, to, to the point that it's a certainty. There, there's literally no example of socialism, for example, that has ever worked. That the free market has been the only time that you've got a true advancement of civilization in a way that we think of today. Yeah, right? by work you mean helping the people as sold. Notwithstanding the lies of socialism and the tyrannical regimes that use the, the helping the poor as an excuse for power. We're talking about whether it really helps the poor. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we also know to a human nature certainty and science, um, that political science certainty, let's say, that free market capitalism with a God, a God-based free market capitalism and freedom and liberty and such is the way to go. We, we know that. It's too easy to prove. And there's no exception to that rule. Right. Okay? It's not even a general argument of this is the example. It's not. It's not it's aspirational. Not even, right. It's not even general, though, where generally free market, God-centered capitalism might sort of work at a higher propensity. It's not even one of those wishy-washy statements. It's you do this, it always works. Okay. And likewise, we know that when you reduce taxes... Uh, that it actually increases revenue and not, not uh, decreases the revenue. We know that as a science, too. Even, even liberals have to admit this, right? <clears throat> and, and yet they get to be skeptical when we raise these points. But when they say that global warming is real and it's a science and it's settled and such like that, and we dare to question it, well, we're monsters, Right? Why don't we get to say that they're monsters? We do. We just haven't. No, no. We just I, did. No, no. I am saying that. I'm saying these guys are monsters and idiots. The same way that they roll their eyes. Hang on with me on this. The same way that they roll their eyes when we say, you know, I don't know about this global warming business. What about, and then they say, they look at, look at it like, whoa, I'm here with a global de, you know, warming denier. Oh, my God. You know, they, 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 they look at you like you're, you're a Martian. Or some sort of strange you Nazi, know, they look a, like Nazi, you a Nazi, yeah. yeah. And but but when when we say to them, hey, look, you know, minimum wage is is a bad thing, and we can prove it to them, and we know that we're right. Do we look at them the same way? Of course not. We have to educate them. We have to tell them, listen, here's why. It works. No, you just you just this is your brilliant analogy is that you just revealed our mistake, and you are arguing as Reagan did for a change of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, was that a time for choosing? We need to, the way the modern body politic works in the uh, in the uh, Tinderverse. It's time to demonize them as economic deniers, yeah. as tax deniers, as spending and minimum wage deniers. Yep, that's exactly right. I, we we are a hundred percent right on all these issues. We know that limited government is better than bigger government. Always, we know that all these welfare programs are are bad ideas. Every single one of them. Okay. The, the welfare program, the food stamp program, all that stuff. It, it, yes, we should have a safety net at the very But don't tell me that it's efficient. Not for a moment. Yeah, but okay? leg ups, hands outs, welfare, uh, Medicare, Medicaid. It's none madness. Of none of it, none of the, all of these are distortions of the God-centered free market that really works. Yeah. They're distortions. We, we know that for a certainty. Yeah. Okay? And they are skeptical about it. They are monsters. We get to look at them as the monsters that they are. But, of course, I mean, they don't even think for a moment. They don't see this kind of parallel in their eyes because, of course, they're always right. But when they believe something, then they are 100% right about it. Well, maybe, always. Always that they're 100% right. right. The global warming enthusiasts, they are, they are so effing right all the time about the issue. And we are such monsters for not going along. 
That's it. Yeah. And you've you've just and this is this is the difficulty though for someone like you who's nice and polite and everything. You now know what your duty is. Yeah. Your duty is to call them out as a denier, a monster, a Nazi, a killer, a racist. Right. And I made that argument. A mutual friend of ours asked about two years ago, "How do I argue with my, my, my liberal friends who don't get it?" And I said to her, "Call them racist." Yeah. yeah, I can't do that. I said, why not? They are. Mm-hmm. Let's just say Barack Obama, for instance. You voted for Barack Obama for one of two reasons. Either because of his skin color, which is a racist thing to do, because you voted for someone based on his race, or you like his policies, which hurt minorities and right. poor people, right. which makes you a racist. Yeah. So you're, it's, a check, it's a chess fork, a pin. Yeah. You're either racist or you're racist. So why can't we call you a racist? If you're pro-abortion, pro-choice, if you will. Right. Why aren't you a genocidal Nazi for murdering the unborn and supporting it? Right. You are literally turning your eyes aside and allowing death camps within the midst of your city if you allow a Planned Parenthood location to operate unscathed and un, unstopped and unencumbered. That's right. Right. They're, you they're also, have a duty to stop that from happening. Right. They're also fascists, right? Mm-hmm. Because they believe that uh, the state is everything. They, it's, the state is uber alles, to use the German phrase. Uh, they, they, they also believe in eugenics uh, as a practical matter. Uh, they, they also believe in might makes right. Right? right. This is, uh, as we bullying. see from Antifa and, and bullying and everything else, they believe, they also don't believe in the First Amendment. That's right? right. We, we know that time and time again. We have so much more evidence of that than any inclination that they might have to present that global warming is a, is a reality that, that we can, first of all, that we've ever caused as humans or that we can do anything about. Okay? That's, that's the thing. Now, wait till they, one day, by the way, global warming, they'll say that Republicans are the ones doing the global warming and not the Democrats, right? So Yeah, well, they might we'll be right in this regard. If you look at history, it's Republicans who saved the FDR programs from destruction. It's Republicans who are now in John right. McCain's who saved Obamacare. Yeah, we're, we're going it's, far afield from right. that. But well, they, my point is the Republican Party, when it gets unmoored from conservatism, generally gives them the wide berth policy-wise. So as a, as a little joking aside, you're probably more right than you know, unfortunately. I know. Okay. You know, Ari reminds me of my, my our, our dog. You know, I love my dog. You mean untrained, vicious, <laughs> attacks, destructive, well, here, poops here, He's proving, proving my point right now. <laughs> so I, I want to take my, my dog. Whenever I go running, I like to run around the neighborhood. I would like to take him. The problem is every time I take him, he just goes crazy, and he goes right and left, you know, and, and it would be good for him to exercise with me. But, you know, we have to do a separate walk with him for, for those purposes. But it would be it would be cool to run with him, right? But he just kind of goes far afield all the time, chasing this or that bird, wanting to smell this or that plant, or or this other dog all the time. I can't get a, an, any exercise. I can't follow through on the mission for which I went out the door. Didn't I tell you, you <laughs> right? to beat the dog a little to show it some structure okay. and discipline? Once again, you're approving my point. I'm saying you're like my dog. I right, can't, and I, I'm saying I should have been beaten as a child. I wasn't, and this is the result. Oh, God, where do I go with this? Oh, man. You know, you want to love him. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's lovable in his own way, folks. Oh. I mean, that's all I can say. He, you know, Ari is an acquired taste. Let's put it that way. All right. Let's yeah, get back. Let's get back make, to the job. But you make such an important point about the obligation conservatives have, based on this starting roadmap you've just outlined, from a, a method of arguing for the validity of conservatism for a much more, shall we say, forceful conservatism. Yeah, that's right. You're arguing for Ari David conservatism. Well, in, essentially, yeah, if you will. I mean, why can't we make the same argument? Why can't we at least, at the very least, Ari, why can't we look at them askance, askew, if you want, or one eyebrow up whenever they talk about some sort of social program that they love, minimum wage or whatever it might be, and just say, really? You believe that crap? Really? I, pl- yeah, you're a reality explain. denier. Yeah, you're, you're a reality denier. Yeah. You are a fascist. Yeah. yeah. Well, how, how can you ascribe to, to, such a, to such nonsense? Really, you're a fool. I mean, I, oh, I, I heard about people like you, right? I mean, that would be wonderful to be able to talk to them. And then, and then just put them on their heels. That's, that's, the, that's the way to do it, folks, because they ought to be put on their heels. And yet, somehow... You and I, not, not I'm saying when you and I, I'm saying that the classic Us conservatives, conservatives yeah. yeah, we conservatives, that we have to somehow 
you know, apologize or, you know, be skeptical and to say, look, can't we ask at least some questions about the validity of global warming and whether or not it actually has a meaningful impact or whether it's natural versus man-made and what percentage it is and how much will the damage be and can we do anything about it? These are questions. No, no, no. You're crazy if you don't believe this. You are as bad as those people who deny the Holocaust. Right. But we'll see what's happening is they're using our own value constraints against us. Yeah. Because we don't look at getting into uh, that kind of argument with people minute by minute, day after day. We don't look at rejecting the self-control our values give us and understand, no, in this battle, philosophically, and now if you go onto the streets of Portland where Antifa is physically, that we must become the aggressor. I'm not saying you go into Portland and get into a fight with Antifa. No, it's just a different, different level. Because if we confront verbally the way we should, Antifa should never have existed. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah, but I you, am you, with you. You, it's, it's like they say in battle, the aggressor dictates the terms of the battle. In, in chess, it's true, too. The better player turns out to be the aggressor and dictates the terms so that the weaker player is constantly making moves to compensate for what the attacks are. Well, in and other there's words, no reason we, based on the facts on the ground, what you just elucidated, that we shouldn't always be on the attack. We are right. Right, of course. In other words, you're saying that we're playing too defensively. And I, I think that's a good point. Now, look, I want to move on to the main points about what's happening. Here's, here's what I love about Trump. There's so many things I love about him. And you would think that maybe, maybe, you know, he would play the, the global warming game. And... You know, he, he would play the global warming game in the same way that Obama would play the fight against ISIS, meaning that he, wouldn't, he would pretend to be playing the fight against ISIS, right, uh, and say, look at me, I'm fighting ISIS, but not really fighting ISIS, right? I'm moving, I'm moving a lot of soldiers around, and uh, we're shooting from time to time, but of course, you know, this is going to be an impossible fight to win. And, and Trump could do the same thing. He could say, oh, yeah, global warming for sure, but what can we do? I just don't know. And, uh, you know, we can't get them to agree to the treaties. In other words, you know, pretending to be fighting it, but uh, in fact not, not doing the job. Yeah, I'll start a blue ribbon panel. Right, exactly, something yeah. like that. And, but, but Trump, of course, is even better than that. What he does is he said, this is garbage. This is such crap, you know, and God bless him for it. He's so right. And... You know, on almost every issue, and, and there was a time where I was, you know, I said, look, he's a great president. You know, I disagree with him on the tariff stuff. He should know better that this, this might actually cause a, a trade war and that would be bad. And then I realized, no, he's actually right on that as well. Because sometimes you've got to go to war. You, you know, just like you've got to, um, you know, World War II was, was very costly to America. You've got, as you say about chess, you said in a video years ago, you have to make sacrifices to win the war. Right. And the, the, the war, you know, if you can't resolve it with your enemies, well, then you got to go to war. And, yes, it's costly. Uh, you know, I, I do this for a living with litigation, right? I mean, I, I would prefer to, that the both parties settle. But if we're in litigation, well, then let's, let's go for it. And then oftentimes we settle in the middle of the litigation when they realize that they're going to lose this war anyway. So, great. But, but he understands. He understood the tariff issue. I don't want to drill down too much on it. I'm simply saying he understood this is a form of war. And China was cheating right and left. They were doing the copyright violations, the patent violations. It was, it was obscene. And they, took, they exploited all sorts of UN resolutions that allowed them first uh, you know, favored nation status uh, because they were once a much poorer country and now they were still getting the same benefits that they had previously uh, from rules that, they, that were implied, or sorry, in, um, invoked in the, I think, late 70s. And that, that was crazy. So Trump is simply saying, you don't get that anymore. Uh, we're not going to play this game where you continue to cheat. We play by the rules. You don't. And so if you impose high tariffs, we're going to impose high tariffs. What did you expect? At some point, he, he, you know, he, has to, he has to engage in sacrifice, like you said. So guess what? China came to, uh, to, to heal in the process because China needs us more than we need them. Surprise. Okay? Yes, they have many more people, but they still need us more. And that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, is it? And by the way, to, to call back to, it proves the science is settled on the issue that we just talked about five minutes ago. It shows you even pyrrhic socialism inhibits 
covered up capitalism. Right. China oh, is practicing good. capitalism while saying we're the Communist Party, right? Right. So it's not capitalism. Right. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. it puts a massive air brake on everything they do because they have to pretend. They have to go through these gesticulations for a numerous number of cultural reasons. Right. Fine. But it shows you we, capitalist country, have a massive advantage over a communist country that's three times their size with the population they have. So here's the, the thing that, you know, here's another example of where. First of all, Trump gets it right, but also another thing hearkening back to what we were saying, that the science is settled on it. You know, the science, when I'm talking about science in this case, it's human nature and, and how, how bad guys respond to powerful nations. We, we know that when you turn off a spigot financially to, let's say, Iran, um, that they will come to heel. That's what we did with, with Iran just recently. And guess what? Iran is not making too many noises anymore. We're, we're in control of that, that region of the world. Likewise, with the Palestinian Authority, we turn off the spigot there. Suddenly, they're, they're, they're try, trying to placate us. Right? Yeah, suddenly the level of terrorist attacks, while vile, yes. are like kites and hawks lit on fire. It's, no more car bombs. Yeah. Isn't that it? With a wall, by the way. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And, and now with Iran, we turn off the economic spigot and now the mullahs have to worry about their own hold on power because right. there's da- it's not covered in the news but uh, mainstream news but now there's daily protests on the streets of Iran. Right. They're losing power. The people are no right. longer that, complacent. And then the United States says uh, we are not going to uh, fund money to Honduras or El Salvador if they keep on, you know, letting their people in here to make our lives difficult and to, you know, throw in throw in their unwanted people to us and make it our problem and burdening our resources. Okay, yeah, guess what? We're not going to pay. You think we're going to give you money for that? Are you crazy? Yeah. You think you're going to keep the money you keep, you have been getting? Yes. No. Absolutely not. So no more. The spigot is turned off. Uh, recently, GM. Uh, as you know, is, is going is once again going through the bankruptcy cycle. So so much for by the way for that for that great bumper sticker that uh, they had about Obama, right? Uh, Bin Laden is dead and GM is alive, right? Well, not so not so much. Uh, GM yeah, is dying yet, yet again. Yeah, yeah, with government intervention. So, but it turns out that uh, GM wants uh, all sorts of goodies associated with it, and they also want to move all their, uh, their their jobs overseas. And you know, Trump, I think, correctly is saying, listen. You, you do that, um, and we promise to bring, keep jobs here in, Amer- in America. We gave you a lot of money, GM, okay? And if you're not going to keep the jobs here, maybe we stop giving you the money, okay? And, and so everyone's, you know, this is very recent news. Everyone's, like, really shocked about this. This is so bad. And how, this is government intervention. How can, you, how can you like that, Barack? How can you like that, Ari? That's just, it goes against everything that you, you two guys proclaim. No, it doesn't. It goes exactly to what we want. We don't want any more government assistance. We don't want any more subsidies to, you know, to to uh, create winners and, and losers in the marketplace. That's not the government's yeah, role. Yeah, we want GM to fail as it needed to do in two thousand nine. Yes, yes. The figuring that the assets will be reallocated, their factories would be picked up by Ford or Chrysler or whoever. Yeah. That, that the people would find jobs in other efficient ways in the economy, etc. If people aren't buying GM cars, GM shouldn't be. That's End right. of story. Yeah. It's just. Science is settled. <laughs> exactly right. But of course, it's it's funny. They they say they don't like uh, big corporations, but apparently they do love cor- big corporations. Oh, they do. You know, they yes. they they GM is too big to fail. Uh, whatever. Lehman Brothers was too big to fail, and they're all over about protecting GM. Why? We we're happy with them failing, but but you guys couldn't give a damn about the the little mom and pop stores that fail all the time. These are people that that uh, saved their life savings to open up some sort of laundromat, to open up a restaurant or what have you, and then they fail. Or they're sued out of existence, like yeah. the cake place in Colorado or Oregon. Yeah, where were you there, my friends, my, my great lefty, compassionate friends? You were nowhere. Yeah, but when it comes to guitars, yeah, when it comes to, G- yeah. to, to, to GM, you're all you're there for them somehow. They should get subsidies. Why? Just because they're an icon somehow? But but I thought you guys weren't the conservative ones. I thought you guys were the progressive ones who want to leave the past behind. So isn't GM part of the past, especially if they can't produce a product that that actually meets demand? Come on, guys. This is absurd. Yeah, now that Facebook and Google are huge. Aren't they now the enemy like Exxon and GE? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. One other thing that, that I think ties an interesting string to the Honduran migrants is this. Um, Venezuela, 
is a lot closer to Honduras than our border. If socialism worked and the science wasn't settled, why didn't they go there? I know, I know. Well, they believe that there's such a thing as democratic socialism, that you can have socialism where there's no corruption, right? Never mind that socialism, of course, always leads to corruption, but that's another story. They believe in their fancied heads uh, of the utopia that they're about to uh, create, that you can have democracy and socialism together at the same time, never thinking for a moment that in fact that they are completely at odds with one another. And that the Not socialism will corrupt through the corruption, right. the, the free market <laughs> country and, that has democracy. And we say it together, the, the science, science is settled. Hold on, oh, no, let me do my mantras. <laughs> diversity is our strength. The science is settled. Diversity, <laughs> Alexa, diversity is our strength. Oh, here we Sorry, go. I don't know that one. Well, you certainly proclaim it all the time. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, it worked. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, the point is that I'm going back briefly to, to Trump. You know, everything that he's been doing, I'm, I'm, I'm finding it, you know, you don't want to agree with everyone. Uh, sorry, one person on every single issue, right? You, you feel like you're not your own person at some point, right? And I, I told this once to my dad, and I paid him the highest compliment on this. And I said, Dad, you know, I, I love you very much. And I, and I said, uh, you wouldn't want me to agree with you on 100% of everything. And he thought, to, he said to me, well, why, why not? Why wouldn't yeah, I? Why not? Yeah, and I said, because that, that, that would mean that you had not taught me to be an independent thinker. Oh, where did you learn that? College? <laughs> we sent you to Stanford to learn that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a good point, right? So, so no, 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 I, I'm, I'm right about this. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to get too, too far afield of this. Right. I'm simply saying that, look, 95% is pretty damn good, and I may disagree with you on one or two issues. That's okay. That's healthy, right? Now, if I disagree with you on everything, well, then, that's, then we have a problem, and then you can say to yourself, where have I, I failed as a parent? But that's another story. And here, I'm, I'm talking now about Trump. I'm looking at everything he's doing, and I'm thinking, like, I think I agree with him on just about everything he's done. I can't find anything. And I can't. you know, I was a Trump dick, right? I was a Trump you, you, skeptic. No, this is what I love about you is that yeah. you are such a skeptic about it. And, and really, this is an awesome thing about you, Ari, is that you, without any ego associated with it whatsoever, you said, you know what? I was wrong. Uh, I'm really pleased about what he's, what he's done. And by the way, you, you weren't really wrong in a sense because you just didn't know. You yeah. didn't know what was going to happen. He could have easily, in your mind at least, thought you know, he could have easily been this this Republican light, uh, just you know, be a Schwarzenegger type. That's Robbie what we, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, we were, we were one of them. Yeah. yeah, a celebrity who's just trying to be loved, and in order to, for that to happen, well, he would just you know he would go on the global warming bandwagon, he'd go on the pro-choice bandwagon, he'd go on the minimum wage bandwagon, and all those things that we we hate so much, and we would just be saying, "Come on, man, get a backbone." You know, stop trying to be liked so much. But no, instead he's he's more Reagan than Reagan right. at this point. As, and and then yes. and then one other thing, you know. So people should be jumping in now, saying, "Well, what about all his tweets?" Right. So well, that's the best part. Well, but that's what I'm about that's to say. That's the very best part. That's what I'm about to say. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, when when they say, "Oh, he's so brash," and he, I don't like the way he says it, and I think, you know what? I think I do like the way he says it. I think I like it a lot. Because he calls it like it is. I, I, I like that he, especially with our enemies, like uh, Kim Jong-un, where he calls him Rocket Man. Yeah, you know what? F you. Yeah. Absolutely right. He yeah, is Rocket Man. Little fat round. Little fat guy. Yeah. So he's, he's a piece of crap. And he calls it like it is. You know, you think Winston Churchill would, would disagree with that? Of course he would. Uh, sorry, of course he would agree with, with Trump on, on this argument. Yeah, he is a piece of crap, this uh, uh, Kim Jong-un. A monster. Yeah, Churchill told Truman when World War One Two ended, he said, "Okay, you've bombed Hiroshima, Hiroshima, and Nagasaki. You've gotten the uh, Japanese to sign the surrender. Now bomb Moscow. Yeah, kill Stalin. That's right. Now, he could have, he could have at least threatened it at the very, at that very point, but they didn't do that. And this is the way it is. Of, of uh, the, the, if you really want great achievements and success in in the world of freedom, the economy." Justice and, and to use their word, uh, progressivism, a true progress I'm talking about for the progress of civilization. As in getting things done that's good. Yeah. Now, don't make, I, I don't want people to misinterpret what Ari just said. Yeah, we're which, not talking about progressivism as an ideology. No, 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 I'm not going about, there. No, no, yeah. I'm not going there. Well, please, let me, just, let me just finish. 
I'm not saying that because what they're going to hear is going to say, oh, Ari said we should have bombed Moscow and just kill people as a, as a solution to everything. Well, I did say that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, I said that. that's not what we're, t- we're talking about. You know, what Truman did say, which is uh, speak softly, or Roosevelt, or I forget who said it, speak softly but carry a big stick. And that's what Trump uh, does to some extent, but he doesn't speak softly. He, he speaks very boldly. He speaks loudly and carries an even bigger stick. Yes. Which is as it should be. a man of his time. Because back in Victorian eras, speaking softly with a big stick was enough. Right? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but he speaks very, very brashly, and he needs to. And I like it. And people, I think, all over the country are liking it. It's refreshing, for one thing, because he's calling things like they are. They don't have to nuance these words. What does he really mean? No one's saying this about Trump, right? They know exactly what he means. You know why? Because he says what he means. Yeah, this morning he retweeted a picture of Obama, Hillary, Loretta Lynch, uh, Eric Holder, Mueller, Huma Abedin, Hillary, uh, all and Comey, all in a jail cell. Right. Lock him up. <laughs> he said it. He did it. Yeah, I want that. Yes, please. Please. No, these people are criminals. Yeah. All of them are criminals, and they are part of the deep state. They are, they are truly corrupt. They have been corrupt uh, since the day they were born, apparently. And they need to be stopped. And uh, you would never say this. You would never accuse um, him of, of doing anything wrong if, if it was John Gotti or some type like him, right? A mafia guy who who'd done so many horrible things. Or MS-13. Is it M-13? MS-13. The MS-13, the gang. The gang. Yeah. And if you were to say, you know, pictures of these monsters and put them behind bars and say, let's lock them up, we'd all say, bravo, bravo, Mr. Mr. Trump or Mr. Obama, if, if that were the case, if he had said the same thing. But when it comes to – because he's saying it about Mueller and Clinton and Bill Clinton, for that matter, and Obama, uh, well, that's outrageous. Well, is it? I mean, these people have done such horrific things. They are truly corrupt people. These are criminals who took control of the highest levels of your country, yep. and you have a problem with them being locked up? Yep. Meanwhile, you were the same person who six, seven, eight years ago said uh, George W. Bush should be locked up for yeah, war right. crimes. Oh, yeah. Blood for oil. Yeah, good point. Right? Oh, oh where's the crime? Right. That's, that's, that's a good point. Science is settled. Sorry. <laughs> science is settled. But the point is that these people need to be locked up, wait for it, more then the MS-13 gang members have to be locked up. Yeah, that's right. You heard it here first. Because, like the Eighth Commandment says, um, I think it's the Eighth Commandment. No, no, Third Commandment. Uh, you shall not use my name in vain, right? It's even worse. At least the MS-13 gang members don't pretend to be doing good. They don't pretend to be our government. Right, exactly. They don't say, look, we're doing, we're doing good things for you. Why, what's, the, what's the problem here? Yeah. No, no. They don't they, have the imprimatur of being in the they government. Are good. Law and order. They are good. They are, hang on with me, all right. They are bad people who are simply trying to get away with bad things. Right. Okay? And they're trying to make a lot of money in the process. They use torture and extortion and beheadings. Horrible things about them. But you know what? At least they're honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to give it to them. Okay? <laughs> These guys, meaning Clinton, Bill Clinton and, uh, and Obama, Obama and uh, Mueller and all those guys, uh, with varying degrees of corruption, of course. But these guys pretend to be doing good while they lop off your head. This is good for you. And I'm, I'm not even, it's, it's far worse than the expression, um, you know, don't, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. It's far worse than that. Because, you know, if somebody pees on your leg, well, it's, it's kind of yucky, right? But you'll live. It's just pee. <laughs> it's just pee at the end of the day. But, but when they're beheading you, that's not good stuff. These people are incarcerating good people. Starting off with Scooter Libby and even before then. And Manafort and Papadopoulos yeah, and Flynn. They, this, is, this is, they are weaponizing uh, our freedoms against us in a way that I've never seen before yeah. in my adult li- life, lifetime. This is what's happening. And uh, I, I find it utterly unacceptable. Now, global warming is, since we're coming back to that now, that's what I'm fascinated with. This is the, the kind of going full circle, as it were. As it were. Here's global warming, one of the most destructive forces, uh, the agenda items. You mean destructive lies, right? Fine. The destructive forces that that the left has ever come up with, and they tell you it's good for you. That's why I think it should be criminalized. I, I, I think we need to attack it very, very effectively. I told Dennis Prager, uh, he had, this is maybe five, six years ago, <clears throat> and I came to his studio. We were cutting some commercials. 
and he had just finished up a part about uh, global warming and saying, you know, th this, this argument is flawed, and he was saying that. And I said, Dennis, please never stop talking about global warming and how, how much of a fraud it is. Please never stop. We need to keep on fighting this, because this one, this one thing is the greatest weapon that they've ever launched on us, ever. And we need to fight it, and we need to mock people who believe this nonsense. They need to prove their science to us, not vice versa. They need to prove this bizarre notion that man has been able to effectively change the climate. So, and he said, absolutely, that's my, I'm t I will never stop talking about this until it's totally, utterly destroyed. And then we can laugh at it in hindsight in the same way that we look at the population scare in hindsight and laugh at that. In the same way that we look at uh, the AIDS scare, that somehow heterosexual AIDS would be rampant throughout America, uh, such an absurdity. And we laugh at that now. But they, it never stops with these people. They keep on throwing these lobs. They're, they're like the, the, the Palestinian terrorists, the Hamas from Gaza. Every once in a while, they lob missiles into Israel proper. And they're hoping that they'll actually have an impact somehow on this or that school, this or that hospital, and cause mayhem and terror, you know, just to kind of keep on creating more of a, a disruption in the lives of Israelis. That's what they do. But they do it on a far grander scale. They, they, they lob these horrific agenda items, which are utterly destructive, and then claim that they're doing it in the name of goodness. Yeah, these fake, these fake accusations that cause people to, to question their very existence, to change perfectly good and acceptable habits and take on bad habits, to hate people for no reason. Right. I mean, being told by a third party that you should hate your neighbor just because of something they think that's benign is unbelievably evil. So, yeah. And it's the exact same thing with the transgender movement, weaponizing transgender skepticism right. as, as some form of racism. There was a woman, I sent you the, the link, um, because I think it has to do with your new book, kind of fitting, mesh, meshing nicely with some of the things you're writing, about how there's a woman who's a feminist activist who we would normally not agree with based on her feminism activism, who said, men are men, women are women. And she was banned permanently by Twitter. Yeah. Okay, so now people are basically being blacklisted from society proper for saying the equivalent of 2 plus 2 equals 4. It's, it's such an absurdity. And that's what the global warning yeah. mindset mentality attack method is designed to do. Right. Unmoor people from reality. And when reasonable people in a civil society are unmoored from reality, it's like giving them hallucinogenic drugs. It becomes lethal. Right. That's how you get an Antifa willing to violently violate someone because of their beliefs. You get to the point where you question the, the very notion of your own reality. Am I alive? Uh, you know, is this really uh, my, my husband? Is this my wife? Uh, do I really have children? Do these, do these children, do I get to call them my son or daughter? You know, I, I, why not? Why, why, if you can't call your girl a girl, and, and you shouldn't make the assumption that she's a girl, why, why should you make the assumption she's your daughter, Right? Why can't the, the state have complete control over your daughter at that point? Like it, it's assumed, you know, she's my daughter. I should take care of her, and I want to take care of her. I should be the one to love her and, and, and provide for her. But, you know, who am I to make that assumption? Maybe she doesn't want to be my daughter and, and my, son, my two sons, for that matter. Why, why don't they just have a different approach altogether on that? I mean, that's just one example of so many that, that eventually will, will turn to everything. What? Why not uh, assume, well, because, you know, you may think you're straight, cisgender, no, heterosexual at this point, but, uh, you know, you're not a, um, a legitimate human being until you've engaged in gay sex. You have to try it. To you know have it. to try it to know it. And yeah. even if you don't like it, well, then keep on going until you do like until it. You do. Right? So it, it reminds me of that movie Sleeper where everything's upside down, right? And, and the Woody Allen character... You know, goes to that doctor, and, and uh, the doctor says, hey, would you like a smoke, you know, a cigarette? And he says, oh, uh, I'm surprised that you would, you would offer that. I mean, isn't cigarette smoking you're bad for you? You're not eating hot fudge? Right, and then he says, you're not eating, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, that's good for you. All those things that you thought were bad for right. you are, in fact, good for you. Like, and, you know, Woody Allen, of course, is a little bit confused about that in the, in, the, in the movie. It's very funny. But that's the point. It's like we're getting to this point, like a man is a woman. And don't assume that she's a she just because she appears to be a woman. 
And uh, don't call her she unless, unless she feels like, you, unless she invites you to call her a woman uh, or a she. Uh, in other words, it's calling her a she is like a sexual assault. You might as well just try, reach for her boobs, un, you know, without her uh, consenting to it when you call her a she, because, you know, that's an assumption that might very well offend her. Yeah, and now dead naming is on the verge of being a criminal offense. It is a, dead, name? dead naming uh-huh. is, is calling Caitlin Bruce. Using oh, the see. dead name of someone oh, who doesn't identify. It's yeah. called dead naming now. Yeah. It's now an offense. Twitter has made this official that if you dead name Caitlin by calling it Bruce, and yeah, I said it, so yeah. I don't know what it is anymore, um, you can you will be permanently suspended. Right. Per, I mean, you know, permanently deactivated off of essentially a communications utility. Right. Okay. Um, the these these things are are the punishments for minor violations are draconian. Right. You know, that violate the Eighth Amendment against uh, unusual, cruel and unusual punishments. Yes, yes, yes. You know, the social... There was a guy who was a member of a group called the Proud Boys, which, listeners out there, not a racist organization, they, they found him and got him fired from his job. Okay, so, so it's like, does that warrant the... Uh, based right. on the offense? So let me just make three felonies right now. <clears throat> Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner. Okay, there you go. There goes right. your Twitter. Right? <laughs> That's right. I'm done with You're Twitter. Done. So Mic I, drop. Yeah, it's boom. Like this is so ridiculous. So, I mean, I guess they'll, they'll call it what is it like the broken windows concept? You 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 fight these uh, these ridiculous um, small uh, little uh, you know you enforce the small laws, but 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 you don't do that in this liberal context in this progressive context. It's madness. You you, you only make people everyone walk in eggshells. You make everyone feel like a criminal for existing. That's not appropriate. Going back to global warming, because I, I want to make sure that the skeptics among us, including you and me, I, I'm not just a skeptic. I know that global warming is crap. I'm okay? a rejector. I'm a rejector. Yeah. I'm a rejector. Hey, make that very, I want to be I on record. I self-identify as a rejector. Right. <laughs> and, and here are the many things. And I want to talk now only specifically about global warming. So <clears throat> there are too many avenues why it, it fails. But when you deal with somebody who's an enthusiast of global warming, climate change, whatever they want to call it, ask them this. How so? Okay? Two words. How so? Prove to me that that man is primarily responsible for the the global warming. Okay? Just go. Take me from point A to point B. Because all they'll say to you, Ari, is, well, a lot of scientists say so. And that's not a good answer. Don't look at me as if I'm a Holocaust denier. If you can't yourself explain how simple it is to go from point A to point B. Okay? If you, if you can't do that, you do not have the right to call me a Holocaust denier. Okay? If, if the Flat Earth Society people, they, they can look at me askance and askew and look at me like an idiot. I get that. Because you can prove that the Earth is round. Got it? I can also prove that the Holocaust happened. Okay, because we have far too, it's an event in history that is well documented from too many sources. And, you know, we have relatives who died in the Holocaust, so it, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. This climate warming business is garbage because it's not about an event. It's not something you can sink your teeth into in any shape or form. It purports to uh, predict a future event, not a past event, a future event. So that's a big problem for them. So start off with that point. Whenever you're dealing with a global warming enthusiast, ask them, prove it. Just say it. Prove it. And if you, if you, if you want to believe it, that's okay with me. But don't tell me that I'm crazy for not believing it if you don't have the proof. Okay? Uh, so that's, that's point number one. Now, the questions, as we say at my law firm, Lurie & Seltzer, are more important than the answers. Issues are always, you spot the issues first and then the answers come later. So what are the issues here? <clears throat> well, first of all, um, in order for global warming to be real, you have to make the assumption, first and foremost, that all the, <clears throat> the computer analyses and all the programming are untainted by anybody who wants to advance the, the notion that the, the Earth is warming. That they are truly neutral arbiters. Agenda-free. Agenda-free. Exactly right. And so that's a big assumption, first and foremost. You're talking about literally hundreds of thousands of people who are involved in this project who would like to to advance the global warming agenda or who are involved in the global warming trend 
Or so, profit from it, Al Gore. Or may profit, yeah, or, or simply have a job associated with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what if you're in green energy and you're there specifically because you want to save the planet, right? So you're... Your whole mantra is premised on the notion that the earth is warming and that we can do something about it, right? So forget about profiting about it necessarily. They're just, they're just, their very job is involved in that. What happens when you realize that you're wrong, right? It's, so their, their incentive is in the wrong place. Um, so, so everything has to be agenda-free. Then, in addition, let's, just say, let's assume for the sake of discussion that every person involved in this project is agenda-free. Okay, then you have to assume that every one of the monitors of the, the temperatures, such as thermostats and such, throughout the world are accurate, right? They are perfectly positioned in such a way that they, are, they accurately represent what the temperature is. Okay, and then you have to assume that the people who are writing down what the temperature is, what the monitor tells them it is, that they are accurately representing what it says. They, they never make a mistake. Right? And they never have any agenda associated with that either. Then you also have to, you, these two things already have to happen. Then you also have to uh, make the assumption that the, the temperature uh, in the past, 100 years or whatever it is, that whatever they reported was exactly right as well. Right? <laughs> that they, they got it perfectly that right. That they had accurate instrumentation right. recording and agenda-free right. date Henry at the time. In the same way that we have accurate uh, temperatures. Accurate. Right. And, yeah. and, and we know that that's just not possible, right? right? I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, now, for example, we can take an airplane flight from, let's say, New York to, to London, and the, uh, the flight, uh, the pilot can tell you this is going to take, you know, uh, somewhere between six and a half hours to, to seven hours. They would be very precise, fairly precise, but even then it's not, a, not to the minute because of wind factors and everything else. Yeah. Traffic, okay. uh, air but traffic that's, that's, on landing, yeah. Right, but it's still pretty damn accurate. You can tell your, your buddy who's going to pick you up at the airport, we're, we're planning to arrive at uh, 7.20 in the morning, I uh, hope to see you there, plus or minus, you know, keep track of it. And you might land 10 minutes early, 10 minutes late. But if you were to take a boat, <laughs> in the olden days especially, based upon a sail. With wind energy. With wind energy. Like, it could be anywhere between three weeks and three months, you know, depending on what the weather and the time of year is and so on like that. So... There's just no, and to, to, to suggest that somehow the temperatures of the past are reliably accurate in the same way that the temperatures, agenda-free, mind you, are reliably accurate today is, is obscene. You are a fool if you believe that they are reasonably accurate. Okay, so then let's assume for the sake of discussion yet again that they are agenda-free, that the temperature um, modalities, the, the thermosets and such, are accurate. And that, not only that, but the past temperature modalities were accurate and accurately recorded, okay? Then you get to the question of, all right, well, how much is man responsible for that? Right? I mean, how much? Is it 20%? 80%? Half a percent? Half a percent? I, I, I mean, no one's talking about that. It's, it's amazing. I, I want numbers. I, I mean, for these people who are supposedly... Such enthusiasts for it. Yeah. Who are claiming settled science. Settled science. No That's less. their standard. Yeah. Self-affirming settled science is their self-affirmed right. standard. Right. Settled science. <laughs> and, and then <laughs> when we ask these questions, we're told we're Nazis? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know what percentage of the temperature increase is our doing. Okay. Just, is that a fair question? Because if it's only half a percent, uh, Billy Bob, you would agree with me that we're probably, you know, spinning our wheels for nothing, right? It's, it's nonsense. If 99.5% of global warming is due to natural causes, with the solar flares or whatever it might be, and has nothing to do with us, you'd agree with me that we're probably we're wasting our time here. Yeah, but here's the cool thing. Here's the cake, and there's them eating it too, because they will make the argument that if it's man-caused, then we have to do something. If it's man-caused... Plus, plus X, right? Well, then we have to do something about those other causes. Oh, I see. You understand? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful heads I win, tails you lose hey, conundrum. But, I, I, but they don't even get there because they no. haven't thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so then, okay. So then the question becomes: All right, let's assume for the sake of discussion that we are predominantly responsible, whether that's 70%, 60%, or 90%. Yeah, just say 70 for the... But 70, yeah, yeah the we, we are really cranking it up. Okay, so what's the temperature going to be like? 
and when? No one answers that question. Have you noticed that? They, they, call, they say global warming. We're, we're, we're just we're heading over a cliff. Okay, when, when are we going to head over the cliff? I mean, at least, you know, if you're driving a car and you're not turning right or left to avoid the cliff, someone could tell you uh, with a certain amount of certainty that if we don't do something, we will go over this cliff in about four seconds. Yeah, I've 40. been to both Santa Monica and Big Sur, both places have cliffs of varying height. Right. And if you drive a certain way in a certain direction, certain speed. without a certain speed, you will come to one or the other cliff in one or the other place. And the result of putting your car over one of those two cliffs is substantially bad. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, but 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 you can also. But the point but is, it's a real cliff. <laughs> it's a real cliff, and you can mathematically. It's the science, after all, right? You can tell me. I mean, it, it could be a word problem, right? For your for your fifth grade student, it's like okay, Johnny is driving. The cliff is, uh, you know, one mile away, right? He's driving at sixty miles an, uh, an hour. How many minutes before he hits before the cliff? He, yeah, exactly. And he has to do something. That's right. <laughs> what science question? is settled. That's right. He, he wants to jump out of the car at just the right moment. Moment while still letting the car go over the tip. Why should they jump out of the car? You can have some fun with it. Yeah, that. and there's one other, I think, really important question that you, you might be asking. But no, I've think got many more questions. Oh, but, but I think this one's good, and I'm, I'm curious if this is one. What about if we can establish whether or not a warming planet is actually a bad thing? Well, that right? is one. That is one of the questions. But you're getting you're getting ahead of me there. So so now when it's going to happen? Okay, and then I want to know. Let's just say you can establish all those things. How much? Temperature increase will. Uh, how much sea level rise is that going to happen? Because that's that's the consequence. Is yeah, what they're inch, always talking feet, about. Feet, mile, which, yeah. One of these. Is it if it, is it one mill? You would agree with me, sir, that if it's one, what is it, milliliter? Milliliter uh, above the present day sea level, you would say, okay, we're, we're really not arguing about too much here. It's not such a big deal. Yeah, one tenth of a centimeter. Right. In in a hundred years, years, by the yeah. by the way. Okay. So you would say that's not meaningful and we really shouldn't do that. Certainly you would agree with me on that, right? Well, yes. But but when you ask these questions to people, they 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 don't answer the questions. I just I'm asking you, can They're you are offended that you even asked them. That's I know, the problem. I know, I know, I know. Uh, what I'm saying is you you just you gotta be able to ask the entertain the question. Don't you agree with me? And I could be wrong. Okay, you'll come back. But I just want you to agree with me that if it is only a milliliter a hundred years from now, and and we don't even know if we're pre- pre- predominantly responsible for that milliliter. Millimeter. Millimeter. Sorry. High, Thank you. Yeah, good point. Uh, that we are predominantly responsible for that. Well, then then clearly we're wasting our time. All right. So that's another thing. And then. Here's the big kicker. Ooh. Wait for it. Can we do anything about it anyway? Ooh. Right? Yeah. So what if we can't do anything about it? What if, as Al Gore himself said, after the year 2013, it's just too late, baby. The, the ship has sailed, and we are all going to go. It's, it's a doomsday scenario. It's like lung cancer. If you got lung cancer, smoke. Yeah. What are you going to do? That's right. Well, Enjoy yourself. No, there are certain points of... You know, like like Steve Jobs, for example, when yeah. he had his horrific cancer, there was a point after which there was nothing they could do for him, yeah. right? There's a point before that that they could do something for him. But, yeah, he but went, are we in the hospice here on this? Are, and if so, what are we bothering yeah, for? So, okay, let's, let's, uh, it's like that movie. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a good one, but I think Steve Carell was in it uh, where they knew a meteor was coming and it was going to destroy the Earth in six months. And there was just zero you could do. So the movie was about what people did on the planet for the remaining six months. Spending free, food fight, uh, you know, orgy, yeah. right? <laughs> and, you know, did people abandon their families? Did people steal from, uh, you know, loot? And did, were, did the police even care to arrest anybody? Why would they do That sort of question. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> well, why, why wouldn't we be on, the, on that situation? Right. If, we, if we can't do anything about it, well, then let's just uh, you know, kiss each other goodbye. And fight for our right to party. Yeah, that's right. right. That's it. Yeah. So why, why are you concerning? You, you, you allegedly are concerned about, what, four generations hence from now? Yeah, the uh, science is settled. We passed 2013. We yeah. didn't do Jack Diddley or Squad about it. Can we just drop it now, Gore, please? Right. I mean, you understand, my, my dear listener, that, and then there are many other questions, yeah. by the way. I mean, for example, they, they, don't, they ignore the Ice Age, the Little Ice Age between the year 1300 and 1865. Yeah. And the Big Ice Age, 10,000 years ago. Right. <laughs> right. But, but the Little Ice Age is important because, because it, it has relative history for us. If you go to uh, Ephesus, which is a ruin, a Roman ruin in Turkey today, which is on, it's on the water, uh, you'd see, by the way, it's a lovely ruin. It's really amazing. It's very preserved. 
uh, there's a port right there, the, the old Roman port. Yeah. And you take a tour, and there's a very nice tour guide, and he'll show you around, and he's very colorful, and he's, he, he evokes your imagination. And he says with his accent, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to look around. This was the port, and Roman ships would come in from all over the world trading their silk and their, their, their dates and their grapes, and, and this, this would be traded. And imagine the, the merchants and the people yelling their prices and everything else, and it was a great bustling center of commerce right here before you. Just, I want you to see... And, Imagine all these people in your head. And my, um, my friend and I are uh, looking at the port. And we're saying, uh, I have a question. Uh, what's your question, sir? What's your question? Yes. What's your qu- anyway, um, the water seems to be really far down over there. Why is the port way up here? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Global warming. <laughs> no, no. Why, why is the port way up here? Right. The port what? is because it was a different time. That's the where the water was. was. A different place. And he said it. He said it. Well, that's where the water was. Right. Of course. And, and, and he's right, of course. We know it. Well, in other words, the water was way higher. Not just a little, by the way. This is not inches I'm talking no, about. No, hundreds of feet. It, was, it wasn't hundreds. It was like a good 20 feet lower. And... So wait a minute. Let me get this straight. So what you're saying, just for clarity, is you're saying an ancient Roman port was bone dry today right. after all this sea level rise, industrialization, global warming. Right. Meanwhile, back then, before sea level rise, industrialization, global warming, and carbon fuel emissions, the water was higher? Right. Hmm. What, it, what it proves is is that the little ice age was – you cannot use the, the low point – of the little ice age as your starting point for global warming. If we're getting out, we're still getting out of the little ice age. We're now, we're, we're approaching, we're still not as warm as it was during the Roman days. Do you know that? Yeah. A Greenland was, was completely green. That's the reason why they called it Greenland. It wasn't because to, to, uh, to scare off people, confuse. No, that, that's a lie. That's a garbage. No, it was great. The Vikings lived there. They, they had a very pastoral life there. And then the year 1300, approximately, boom, it hit them. And they were just destroyed. Now, the, the, the Eskimo types, the neighbor types who lived there, they survived. The, Ves- the, the Vikings did not. And the point is that we are getting out of it. So, so what, no one talks about the Little Ice Age. And it's real. I mean, it's a fact. You, you can Google it. It was science is settled. The science is settled there. But they don't want to talk about that either. So, and then you look, at the, you look at Al Gore's ever so wonderful film, An Inconvenient Truth. And it, <laughs> I had my boy, who was 12 years old at the time, watching this movie. And I said, I said, son, tell me where you think that the logical holes are. Okay, I'll just let you go. And he was able to, he, he looked at it with a very critical eye, and he was able to figure out three of the four logical holes in it. Okay, very easily. And I was, I was very proud of him, of course. But one of them was that Al Gore shows you these two graphs. One is the carbon, amount of carbon over time, and the, the temperature increasing over time. And you look at it, and the, the, the graphs appear to align pretty nicely Right, suggesting very clearly that the the carbon goes up, temperature goes up. Okay, ta-da, QED. Science is settled. Science is settled. Problem. Why? I always it bothered me. Why didn't they overlap the two graphs? Right. I mean, you you can do that. You're allowed to do that, and and two lines, and just show. Wouldn't that be pretty? Don't you, you could, call that in, like, um, Excel data points? Well, it's not just the data but points, but a, literally yeah. a graph. Overlays. One line with, you know, slightly staccato look, you know, the jagged look. Yeah. And then the next line, they, they would be, be able to prove their case very well. Right. And I realized something. The reason why is that the they do correlate. No, no. The years do line up. The problem is that the carbon doesn't lead the temperature. The temperature led the carbon. Okay? The temperature, for some reason went up first. That little nuance. And then the carbon in the And then the carbon went. followed. See, that's the reason why they didn't line it up, because then that, you would see. I have to say, that is a very inconvenient truth to Al Gore. <laughs> yes. That's incredibly inconvenient for the poor guy. I feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, he's been mocked for it, uh, thank, thankfully. And he's being arrested for it, which is good, you know, at the end of the day. And he's lost his millions of dollars for being the fraud that he was discovered to do. And kudos to the liberal community 
for uh, acknowledging it and, and also acknowledging that they were wrong to follow him in yeah, the first for place. finally Kudos. locking up this greedy oligarchical, uh, you know, uh, what would it be uh, uh, con artist? Yeah, right? that's a, and kudo, really. I was very impressed. You know, you got to give credit to the liberals when it's due. Okay, of course they didn't do anything of the sort. Uh, and and then you know it goes on and on with these different arguments that they have. I mean, if they do believe in global warming and carbon emissions, and they really think that's man-made and it's it's predominantly man-made, and all the things that we've already talked, all the assumptions. Okay, then the question is. How do we best reduce those carbons? Yeah. What, are the, uh, what do you do about it? <laughs> well, what do you, right? How do you do it? How do you do okay. it? We, we, do you know, do? we know what, what, what emits carbon, Yeah. but so what should we stop? Right. And isn't it interesting, just from just uh, the things we were talking about earlier about settled science and political philosophy, that it seems that it just uh, uh, 100%, kind of like Obama made decisions on economy, his batting average was a perfect zero all the time. Right. Why is it? If there wasn't some other agenda here, is every legitimate proposed and espoused solution within mainstream and cultural thought always an anti-capitalist solution? Yes, yes. Why yes, isn't sir. it – why don't they ever just accidentally stumble once in a while upon a, a free market solution? Upon a free market solution. Yeah. And the example I said to someone offline with, that I told you is uh, I said if it was satire of emergency and considering the minor failure rate of nuclear power over the last 50 years, you know, there's a couple accidents, one really bad one, three or four lesser, not very severe ones, and then one nothing burger in America, right? So six nuclear accidents over 70 years or so of nuclear power. Why haven't, if this is such an emergency, don't we say there's an emergency situation and the entire nation, hence the entire world, must go nuclear immediately. Right. Why not? It's like a War Powers Act, right? Yeah. You, you would think that they would do something to, or, or, or uh, you know, what is it? Um, uh, habeas corpus when they... Uh, suspend suspend habeas, habeas corpus. Yeah. You know, you would say, okay, well, it's such an emergency. Let's do this, this nuclear energy. Well, you know, we don't like it, but, yeah, you know, uh, what works is what works, right? Uh, but not only that, you would think that, and you would think that they would go after the, the thing that emits carbon the most, right? You at least ask the question, what emits carbon the most? And, you know, but, but to the global warming enthusiast's mind, the first thing they go to is our smokestacks Coal. and cars. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very visible, but it turns out they're not the main reasons why we have carbon emissions. It turns out, wait for it, it's cow farts. Right? I mean, you wouldn't know that. Millions and, and perhaps billions of cows and, and pigs and other livestock, they are emitting uh, emissions beyond belief. Well, Far worse. Barack, I hate to disagree with you, but I found out a few weeks ago from a cattle guy, because right. you know I eat meat, cows don't fart. <laughs> Yes, they do. No, they don't. Whatever, they burp. I don't care. The point is that they... Crap, they, they don't they, fart. It doesn't matter. The, the methane that is emitted from a cow, whether it's through farts or otherwise, is so extensive. It's far more contributing to carbon. If you believe in that crap uh, altogether, I'm just simply saying, if you were a true global warming enthusiast... You'd kill you, all the cows. You, 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 would, yeah. you would at least stop eating them for the time being. We'd no, all would. go vegan. Yeah. And I'm, by the way, you, you know I'm vegan, but... I, I'm not going to say let's go vegan for, for this purpose. Yeah, okay? but see, here's the thing that I think is, is an interesting solution. Remember, nuclear power is a legitimate solution. If farting cows, meaning right. alive cows are the problem, then the cows must have to be – it's an emergency now. The cows must be killed. Right. They can't, you can't just say go vegan because then you still have these farting cows walking around. That's true. Not good. That's okay, good. the slaughterhouse at least gets rid of the cow. Well, the, right? point, the point is that we so. keep on creating new cows all the time for the purposes of meat. Yeah, but you right. stop reproducing them and you kill the ones that are. You know, that's a potential yeah, story solution. done. Right? Yeah. yeah. You eat the remaining cows. Right. right. Stipulating that what you just said is accurate, which I am for this point. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. No, but, but, Not the SUV, the cow. Whether it's, whether it's farting or whether it's the, the cow manure. I don't care. The point is it's emitting a huge number of methane. Methane from these cows, from these animals, is enormous, and it's far more extensive. It truly dwarfs whatever the cars are doing or the smokestacks are doing. Yeah, and you're talking about as a warming agent in the atmosphere. That's it. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. But because we don't see it, we just see our own cars. We don't see, you know, sometimes we see a kind of a yellow haze that we don't like. We say, oh, my gosh, global warming. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in reality, there's something much more sinister out there that we don't even. But anyway, again, the answer is always the same. And they, they just don't want to deal with the actual issues. 
So, and yet they look at you askance, like you're the monster. Remember this, this is what started this all. You're the monster and you can't even ask questions about it. That's, that's monstrous itself. And they dare to, to consider themselves intellectual. They dare to say the phrase, it's science and that it's settled science, no, no less. This is, this is what it means to be in a society which has lost its way. This is where everything is upside down. These are the same people that say that a man is not really a man and a woman is not a, a woman. Just, and you can't tell from, from their genitalia that whether they're a boy or a girl. This is, if, if they believe that, this is the same people who brought you the global warming, okay? And vice versa. There's a madness that's going on in our society today. And we, we must be the, 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 the people that shine a light on this madness and confront it head on. Do not let them get away with it. When you hear somebody who is espousing global warming, don't just say, well, there are different points of view. You go after them and you say, prove it, because that is garbage. That's how you handle it. You go full Trump on them. All right? I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week. And once again, thank you so much for listening. And please share with your friends on all the social sites. Tell them about this great Baraklory podcast. We are going to explode this and make this a huge following. And remember, keep the Baraklory podcast great.